Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. My name is Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Grunewald. And we are also here with a special guest, a reoccurring guest. Our most popular guest. Anna. Anna. There Anna. you go. There. All right. Oh, and we're also with a new guest. New our, guest. Our new kitten. Arthur. Arthur. And Arthur is a pretty chill kitten, if I do say so myself. As somebody that's been around a couple kittens in his day, I'm a pretty big fan of this kitten, Arthur. Got to watch his first bike training session today. Yeah. Yep. Totally cool with it. Nice. That's good. That's a pretty good uh, litmus test for your cat, Ryan. Oh, it's down with the trainer. Out. All right. Well, since the last time we talked, it's been about two weeks, I think. We really are on the more bike bi-weekly racing. Yeah, we're coming to an end to the season or the main part of the season, but... We're a little busy. It's summertime. I actually had a pretty busy weekend. I was down in the Chicago area, and I was working the Intelligentsia Cup, which, if you don't know, the Intelligentsia Cup is a 10-day Omnium, a Criterium Omnium, uh, and there's also three road races in there, two or three road races, I believe. So I guess you could almost call it a stage race, but the point scoring is an omnium format. It's the same thing as uh, Toad, isn't it? But it has three states, three road races. Oh, that's still yeah. kind of... Yeah. Which are technically circuit races, but we don't need to get into those details. It was really fun. I was down for the second weekend and arguably the best weekend of the Intelligentsia Cup. I was there for three races, the Elmhurst Cycling Classic the Lake Bluff Criterium, and then on the final final day, the Goose Island Grand Prix, which is actually pretty close to downtown Chicago, about three miles away from the Bean, if you don't know. What, uh, because the Goose Island race always ends super late, what time did you get home or finish? Uh, I got home at 2 a.m. Yeah. Ouch. And then oh I went gosh. to work the next day, uh, my real job. Uh, but I actually, it's because I had to drive a giant, I had to drive a giant fence trailer from Milwaukee, or I had to drive it back to Milwaukee, and then from Milwaukee I had to drive back to Madison. Oh my god! It doesn't get over that late unless you're a Cat Four or like the like lower categories. They do the pro race kind of early, so those guys can get out of there. But Goose Island Grand Prix is actually the Cat Five World Championships. A lot of people don't know that, but is it is? Wait, is that like a real thing? Uh, yes, I'm gonna go out and say it's a real thing, and it is the only Cat Four Five Twilight race in America. It's the last race of the day. They got the call up music, you know, Brad Soner's on the mic, you know, hyping everybody up. Are you serious? Getting those Cat Fours and Fives gassed up for that final race of the series. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm in it. I'm into it. I'm pretty like hyped for this event. I'm going to call it right now as well. Anybody that's coming to that race next year, there will be a world champions jersey for the winner of that race in the Cat 4-5 category. The only Cat 4-5 world championship. Wait, so I can't tell if you're joking or not. I am not joking at all. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's technically there was no official world championship stripes given out, but it is the unofficial world championship. And next year there will be a jersey for the Cat 4-5 race at Goose Island Grand Prix. With the world champion stripes. Are you are you supplying the jersey? Uh, you know what? I'm so into it that if there is uh, no funding from the Intelligentsia Cup, I will be buying the jersey myself because that's how that's how down with this final race I am. So it's pretty great. Do you want to win that jersey or? No? I'm not a cat four. I'm not I, eligible. I don't think you want that jersey. <laughs> nah. I mean, do you want it? 
Mixed feelings, right? Mixed feelings. It's kind of like being, you know, like, yeah, the world champion of... It's, you know, it's tongue-in-cheek. It, being it's pretty adequate. Pretty adequate. Pretty okay at bikes, as some would say. The most adequate? The most, the most adequate. adequate. The most adequate bike racer yeah. of all the Cat 4s. Most There's adequate anyone? bike racing world championship. World championship. I think that's going to go on the front of the jersey. The most adequate of bike racers. And then the name on the back. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go get some sponsors for this jersey. We're blowing it up. Maybe we'll get, like, some people to fly in. Some, you know, yeah. like... Re- like you some know, really high some real, caliber some real Cat big, Some real big Cat 5 hitters. Yeah. You know, when, whenever their season's done, if mm-hmm. they've got some time to travel. Yeah. You know, of course. They if they're, they're... You know, it works It works with their schedule and their team's cool with it. Yeah. Oh, that was Rick's phone. Excuse, so excuse me. I'm... Cool, sorry, Rick, I'm sorry Rick, about yeah. that. Yeah, very professional. We yeah, that was a- that was actually uh, Tommy Zilkowski calling me right now, who is a friend and fan of the podcast. I know Tommy, you probably listened to this episode, so uh, just so you know, you interrupted the podcast. But uh, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah. So uh, Intelligentsia Cup, it was really cool. The pro race. The pro races were phenomenal. You know, it's kind of a weird thing because the prize money is less for the Intelligentsia Cup as compared to Toad, but the fields were massive. For the men's field, I think the first day there was, or one of the days, there was 138 riders. Wow. Holy cow. And these are hard courses. The Intelligentsia Cup is not your flat, four-corner, and a prayer kind of criterion. You've got hilly courses. You've got super technical courses. You've got eight-corner criteriums with a monster, you know, like uphill finish. It is, it is not a race that is kind to large fields. We'll just put it that way. So it was pretty awesome to watch, um, you know, like just so many riders getting strung out on these super technical courses, especially the fast laps when everything is single file. And, you know, to be able to win a bike race out of a field of 138 guys is kind of amazing. I mean, even regardless of, you know, the skill level per se, to be able to navigate a pack that large and stay at the front is pretty neat. Do you think that's just because Toad just conflicts with a lot of other higher caliber races where Intelligentsia is more of like a, there's like a gap? I think you're right. You've got something there. I don't think it's necessarily higher caliber races, but I think it's more regional races. For Intelligentsia, it falls late July. And from what I understand that there's really not much racing in places like Texas or California or even places on the East Coast, you know, like it gets it gets really hot in July. So everywhere that has a, a warmer climate, it's pretty much done racing. So a lot of the riders that were coming to Toad were from, you know, across the, the U.S. Where, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Intelligentsia. A lot of the riders coming to the Intelligentsia were from out of state. Whereas I think Toad is a huge regional race and it draws a lot of teams internationally. And I think that's what builds the fields. Okay. If you, if you yeah. kind of understand what I'm what I'm saying. And also, too, like when I say higher caliber, I mean like the first weekend had nationals going on. The second weekend had a USA crit going on. And I w- yeah yeah correct uh, yeah 100. percent There were more conflicting races, um, and bigger races like to your point higher but caliber races that yeah. fall were in totes, which is kind of a bummer because I I think you might get similar field sides, uh, sizes. I think the the depth of the fields is very similar. You know, like the quality of rider, especially in the sure. pro field, is similar between the two series, but you just have more riders at the Intelligentsia Cup. And 
is in Chicago area. And I think the one thing that I've noticed is bike racing in general is doing pretty good in Chicago. Like yeah, they have a lot of racing. They have a lot of racing, a lot of racers. That's not even we talked about the pro category just now, but that even includes a lot of the amateur categories. You know, the Cat Threes, the Cat Fours, the Cat Two Three category. A lot of racers. I think Chicago is starting to become what Wisconsin used to be. Mm, yeah, like, like a lot of racing. Um, there's not much gap in the year between uh, uh, the uh, like. Um, crit racing and then go straight into cyclocross racing yeah you, know, you can you can be kind of fit all year round just by racing every weekend i think something that i've also noticed is that when you look at the types of racers that show up like at the intelligentsia cup and um you know compared to toad obviously it's a lot of regional people because both series are pretty close to each other so a lot of times they're both expensive and people will pick and choose but you get a lot of people with, you know, a lot of tattoos, a lot of full sleeve tattoos, mm-hmm. a lot of hipster glasses, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of vans. I think I think bike racing is kind of a niche hipster sport, and there's a lot of hipsters, a lot more hipsters in the Chicago area. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's nothing against like like those people are pretty awesome. The fact that they like come yeah. to all the races and like they're just into it, and they have like a way bigger bike culture that revolves around racing. I mean, they've got like more fixie racers for sure. Like they had a fixie, a fixie race at um, Goose Island, and those fields were big, even the men and the women's race. So I think there's just a better bike racing culture in Chicago. Probably a better bike culture in general. Yeah, I would agree that, especially with. Um, I feel like the downtown area has a lot of bike paths. It's probably not great for biking. So I asked also just the sheer quantity of people that are in the Chicago area. Yeah. It's like the fourth biggest city, so of course it's going to have more bike racers per capita. Of course. In in Chicago than there will be in Milwaukee. And I asked one of the guys that had happened to live pretty close to the city what what he does for like riding and racing and he said basically if you want to go ride you've got a without stopping at every you know a stoplight every 100 feet it takes about an hour to get north or south of the city until you can actually start doing like proper riding mm-hmm. on on roads uh and then he said a lot of the times what they do is on the weekends they'll just like take the metro and they'll go out in the country they'll go to uh like lake geneva and wisconsin and you know pay eight bucks for transportation and they'll go ride for a couple hours and then come home oh wow which is kind of crazy but it's kind of cool too like the way you have to actually figure out how to like get a good ride in whereas i think we're kind of spoiled in that way where we can literally put on our kit go outside take a right hand turn and we're on farm roads and we can ride for hours without seeing another person oh yeah i mean yeah, in that same respect, I think we take for granted, you know, the endless flat roads around here. But that's true. You know, we have yeah. roads to ride on where people in like Chicago they have to bike an hour to get to right. flat roads. Which is also probably why racing is bigger. You know, it's mm-hmm. pretty easy on the weekend to you know you don't have a lot of options if there's like a if there's a four corner crit where they just closed off you know a couple streets. And people are, you know, they're, they're more apt to just like, you know, coast down to the local race than they are to get on a bus to find really good riding. So I think that kind of like adds to, you know, why why the Intelligentsia participation was like so much higher 
which is pretty cool. Yeah, you have those opportunities to go do other riding in Wisconsin than goat race. Yeah, exactly. But back to some of the racing during Intelligentsia. Um, so with the pro men's field, which was really good racing all week, it was actually Hayden Strong of Texas Roadhouse who was there alone. He did not have a team. And then he was going back and forth with, with Brandon Fury of Project Echelon Racing, which is a local Wisconsin team. And it was actually a really close series the entire week. They went back and forth on the jersey at least uh, once or twice and maybe three times. And at the end of the week, uh, Brandon Fury ended up winning the jersey wow. on the last day. He had to score one position above, like to like above Hayden to wow. win, which is kind of crazy because I had been to Goose Island the last couple of years, and Brandon Fury actually held the jersey to the last day and lost it on the last day, the last two years. Wow! But the Project Echelon guys had a full team, so they did a pretty good job supporting him the entire week you know like putting putting the pressure on Hayden and like making sure that Brandon had what he needed to to come home with the goods so which is pretty cool because the last two years uh at least in the second half of the week Fury didn't have a team I think with a crit life team those guys had left like midway through the series in 2017 and then last year I think he only had two teammates um, to help him out. Who did he race for last year? Uh, I think he was on a team called Bear Composites. Okay. And or it might, maybe it was the Chicago Wheelmen, but I think he had two guys that were in the race. I think one of them might have been his brother, and I think the other one was Zach Morris. Uh, okay. So they had like a small team last year, and they were, they did you know super good through the week, but on the last day, I think he lost by one point or something like wow. that. Yeah, so it was pretty cool to, to see him take it home. Do you know what he took on the last day? Uh, like placing? Yeah. He was top five, but he wasn't... What about the other guy? The other guy, a couple. there was a couple riders in between them. They were actually really close together on the last lap, and something must have happened to Hayden because Brandon came across in maybe fifth or sixth, and Hayden was in like 10th place. And, got swarmed and, or something. Yeah, he got swarmed, and it was just coasting to the line. So don't exactly know what happened there, but something must have happened on the last lap. And then in the women's race, we had Carolyn Bauer of CW Racing, CWR Racing. It's the blue and white team. Oh, CWA, crap. One of those teams. Um, She actually, I think she held the jersey on the first day and pretty much held it for the rest of the week. Okay. Yeah, so she was really strong, uh, good sprinter, and also rolled the brake a couple times too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was really good racing all week. Very entertaining. Mm Mm-hmm. But that was my Intelligence Teacup. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. How was the work? The work was pretty good. Um, we had to get up really early to set these courses up. On the Sunday race, there was a mile race in the morning. We had to get up at 4 a.m. I didn't eat any food. And me and three other crew guys were going to kind of mess around and just like run the race a little bit and like try to go out really fast and just like blow up, which is kind of what we did to start out. And then they just wanted to keep racing. So I, I ran my first sub six minute mile. That's really impressive. I'm actually really happy with that. Like, yeah. I was in cargo shorts too. Yeah, that's awesome. That was great. Um, but the work is a little bit less than putting up Toad. Like the venues are like in general smaller, um, and they just require less. Um, I don't know hoopla. You know, like just smaller courses. But there's still there's still quite a bit to be done, and you know we had to definitely. You know, 
had, we had long days of, you know, putting up fence, taking down fence and getting home pretty late. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But anyways, that was kind of my, my intelligentsia experience. It was super fun. Shout out to everybody that was on the intelligentsia crew. Uh, cause that's really what I think made, made the week. Um, but I always think of it being August. Well, it's technically not August, but I think in two days it'll be August 1st. Two days, yeah. And July is soft crosses coming season, and August is hard. Crosses. We are in yeah, crosses coming, coming season. Yeah. yeah so, so talk um, to me, Ryan. Are you excited well, about CX is coming season? Well, last week uh, or two weeks ago, last week we moved. That's why we couldn't have a yeah. podcast. We were right. moving all week. True. Uh, but two weeks ago when we talked about this, I was kind of... Um, you're, you're on the side you're of I'm not going to race cross. Yeah. You, were, you were on the side all year. But as we as I looked at the schedule, um, there was like seven races within like 15 minutes of me. So I actually put all the races that were within like 20 minutes of driving in my calendar. And there's almost like eight or nine. Yeah, there's, which quite, is, a, there's quite a few. Pretty impressive. And yeah. we, we live in Madison. And if you want to do the entire series for us, not the entire series, but if we wanted to do as many races as we could without driving over an hour, gosh, I think we would be able to do about 12 or 13 races, yeah. which is amazing. There's a lot. Yeah. And people always talk about road being kind of dead, but cross is certainly not dead. Like, cross is certainly not dead. So cross if you cross really is wanna, thriving. Yeah. If you really want to get a good season of something and cross is definitely the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been kind of uh, thinking lately because, you know, I think I had really good fitness coming into this year and I kind of didn't really itch it enough, you know, itch the racing thing That's enough. That's true. Yeah. You got some, you got some toad races in, you got some yeah. local races in, but um, you still got that fitness. Yeah. So I still have that fitness. Um, and there's always been one thing I've always been like, uh, like a weakness of mine, I should say. It's always been that like. 100 100 like 100 to 110 percent efforts mm-hmm. you know typically like that five to ten minute effort yeah i've always really struggled with that with that area of fitness you're kind of a diesel yeah so yeah. i'm i'm much better at like the longer term i guess or the very short power stuff which is like a really weird yeah i've always kind of thought do you think, that, like, do you think that's mental weird. do you think that's just like uh i you're think it so, is you're yeah. not used to like you're not used because with cyclocrosses the effort is so uh, different where it's just going hard, hard, hard for 45 minutes or an hour depending on what category that you're in. Yeah, I think that that has a huge aspect of it is just um, mental because yeah. it's so hard to look at the, how much time you have left uh-huh. and realize how hard you're going. Right. And so like if if it's like a one minute interval and I'm doing like I think. Like a week ago, I did, like it was like seven uh, sets of one minute power with thirty seconds rest, mm. and it was at like four hundred watts. And I mean, workouts like that, I do really well. Yeah. Just because like those short term efforts, I can just get. Through. You can like you can just like gut them out. Yeah, you know I can just I mean? gut them out. Yeah. Those long term efforts that are at higher powers at hundred yeah. hundred ten percent. It's just so hard to do. I think, Ryan, you should do like a proper cyclocross season this year. And hear me out. The reason why is I did like a full season of cyclocross. And the first like couple of races 
suck because you've always just like jumped into a race like I don't want to say off the couch but like doing zero prep like oh like just riding the trainer and doing some workouts and road rides and like bam it's like the cross race so the thing that I noticed is like the first couple times the first couple races just feel bad because like it's such a full like it's low cadence and so like you know you're going from like high cadence road work to low cadence like cyclocross and then it's also uh, you know, like there's a technical aspect to it. And then there's the pacing aspect, like getting the pacing right. And like figuring out how to actually race a cyclocross race. Like it's, that's like a skill in and of itself. So I think if you got through like a handful of races, I think you would actually enjoy cyclocross and like you actually let your body adapt to it and did a little bit of cyclocross prep work. Yeah. I think I'm like a pretty big fan of doing like mock races or even if you have the opportunity to do intervals, on like that kind of bumpy cyclocross terrain you know like if you're doing like a sweet spot interval if you're doing like going hard for a little while it's good to like get a feel for what it's like to go hard on grassy mixed terrain surfaces yeah i get that yeah um that's kind of the plan actually uh that's kind of why i want to work and also why i see like this is a really good opportunity to work on that you know just above threshold power uh, so my plan is to do a full block of um, like sustained power at like 100, 110%. And I've kind of started it and I, I can already tell like it's really hard. Oh, yeah. So I'm actually I'm starting very slow with it. That's like, good. You don't want to burn yourself out before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being that we're in August now. August is a good time, too, if you want to race through the end of the season to, like, build your base back up. You know, like, build, like, just build your – because, you know, I'm sure, like, with racing and stuff, you've, like, probably seen, like, your TSS, like – or not TSS, but your training load, like, your chronic training load kind of go down over time, right? I don't know. I don't track chronic training load. Oh, true. I just use trainer road, so. But going into (laughs) the season – That is chronic training load, isn't it? uh, TSS, yeah. So it has dropped. Like yeah. my weekly TSS has dropped. Right. So you think it would so now be a good idea back to ramp it back up? That's kind of what season. I'm doing. It's kind of ramping it back up, focusing yeah. on that. Like I'm really focusing on that like five to 15 minute power. Yeah. You know, and I think that that does really well for cyclocross since it's just trying to hold high power for that entire race. Yeah. It's cyclocross is kind of crazy too, because if you're, especially in the beginning of the year, you can really break people on the first couple laps. If you just go out hot and can just like, kind of like hold it a little like above hold it back what, a little hold, bit. hold no hold it up hold like, it up uh if you're in the lead group if you can hold the pace a little harder than everybody wants to go like you'll crack people and then you can bring it down bring the pace down a little bit sure that's what i've noticed like if you make the front group it's like everybody goes hard for a couple laps and then like all of a sudden a couple laps are just like recovery mm-hmm. and people are just like hanging out and chilling yeah, and I actually plan on doing a lot of training, uh, yeah. like longer rides and stuff on the mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Do you know what we should do is we should ride to some of the cyclocross races early early season <laughs> to get extra training in. And, and then look on, on her face, it's just like, that sounds awful. I'm not <laughs> driving you well, home. They're so, no, they're so close, though. Like, some of them are, like, well, Sun Prairie is literally in Sun Prairie, but, like, you know, some of them are, are in Madison. So you can make, like, a nice training I mean, day to be honest, there. all the ones, in, there's one in Verona two in Sun Prairie and then there's like four in Waterloo there's a lot in Waterloo there's four in Waterloo there's the, cy- the Trek Cyclocross Cup 
Which is a cool race. Which we can't go to, unfortunately. Oh, why not? We have uh, engagement pictures, pictures, and we're going to You're a Packer game. You're not going to take game. them at the truck cyclocross race? We could, with Emily Batty. Yeah. yeah. And you can if take Emily it in, Batty's there, then we will. You can take it in front of the barn. <laughs> There's lots of, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, then we're going to a Packer game the following day. Oh, okay. So I just found that out like a week ago. What about the... I was like, that's so unfortunate. What, I've well, been no, telling no. you the date for months. Well, I didn't know What the about the Friday race, though? <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll be going, going home, home Friday. Oh, there's a Thursday race, I think. Oh, I'm not taking off of work to go race no. cyclocross. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> Do it on your lunch Gotta break. save the vacation days. Your loss, Ryan. Your loss. Anyways, yeah, if anybody hasn't been to the cyclocross, track cyclocross race, it's it's pretty awesome. Like, it's, it's a cool event. They have a ton of, like, pros that are just pros, not even cyclocross pros. Like, you guys mentioned Emily Batty's out. They have I got Jens her autograph. Voigt. Jens Voigt is always around. Yeah, last I year was um, Emily Batty and Jens Voigt, and then they do a uh, legacy legacy race, race full of which, costumes and yeah. shenanigans. Yep, yeah, where it's Tim not Johnson really... was there too. Who? Tim Johnson, former Cannondale Cyclocross World Pro. Ryan doesn't know anything about cyclocross. That's I do okay. Not. It's fine. It's fine. He's a big pro though. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, you can if you want to meet, and then obviously all the the best pro cyclocross racers was there last year Ruth too. Van Aert. Van Aert. Matthew Vanderpool for some not. weird reason never comes, which is kind of a bummer. Maybe he'll come this year, but I haven't I haven't checked in to see if that is a reality or not. A lot of those guys will skip this one just strictly off of like the physical toll from just coming from Europe Europe yeah which is crazy because the Americans will will fly multiple times a year to Europe yeah but I get it though you know if this is the only World Cup race that's not local for them yeah what's kind of like I what's mean, the point if you and, live in Belgium and, how many races are in Belgium and cross Vegas is not a World Cup anymore um, I don't even know if oh, Cross Vegas um, is going on anymore. But uh, what is it? Jingle Crosses. Jingle Cross is a World Cup, correct? Yeah, yeah. All right. And, and that's I think that's earlier. still a World Cup. No. Uh, yes, when it is. is it? Correct. It's when the weekend it, before. Weekend it's the weekend before. Yeah. Okay. That so would be this cool. year. What, what do you think about going to Jingle Cross? Uh, I would actually. I was actually thinking. I about looked it. it up. It's about a four-hour drive. It's not bad. That's not bad at all. I would go to that. And it's the kind of event that's like Friday through Sunday. There's stuff going on. Yeah, and I would. I would definitely go to that. Sorry, right. that's you heard it first. Bike Race Weekly. We might be at Jingle Cross. Yeah. We'll see. I'm gonna be. Uh, we should talk about what we're racing this year. In cyclocross, you're gonna be racing. Pretty much what I, Cat I said. Catherine, uh, right? yeah. Catherine, yeah. Um, pretty much in like the races I'm gonna do is pretty. Much, I'm gonna skip the uh, the Trek CXC, um, and then I might go to a few Milwaukee ones just because we still have Anna's apartment. Oh, how long do you have that through? Until halfway through September. September. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's a, the first couple are in Milwaukee mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. No furniture, it's all here. There's no but, furniture, you know. but... Yeah, that's all right. Running water. Still got internet. Still got internet. That's all I need. Um, uh, no I TV. lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, so no you're, you're going to be racing Cat 3s. I've got a single-speed cyclocross bike. I'll be racing single-speed this year. I was meaning to talk. I think you sell the single-speed and just get a cheap cyclocross bike. If I can find... If I can sell my single-speed before the cyclocross season and then buy a cyclocross you bike... Should, you should do that. I'll do that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll just you I'll want leave to it. Do cross bike? I'll leave it. You just want yeah. to race with me in the Cat Threes. I'll sell you my cross bike. Well, what are you gonna ride then? My single speed? No, I was thinking. I was. It came up, but then I decided not to. What? I was thinking about selling my Trek to buy a Cannondale. Oh, a Cannondale cyclocross bike? Yeah. Why? They're on so sale. why is that? He just wants right a new now. bike. I really oh. like Cannondale. I've heard that they've got like a better geometry for gravel racing. The Cannondales. The Trek bikes, I've had a Crockett before. It's an awesome bike, 
but it is really snappy. It really feels like a, a cyclocross bike. The track ones, yeah, yeah. It's not as stable. Well, I've, they, heard, um, I've heard good things about the Canada the as EF, being like a as being like a good gravel bike. Yeah, the EF Education uh, team was using uh, the, the Super, Super Cat or the Super, Super Cad, or, the Cad Cad X. Super 6X, whatever the no, CAD, the Super X, whatever the carbon cyclocross yeah. Super X, yeah. So to uh, for Ted King um, won on it in 2018, Dirty Kansas yeah. as well. But yeah, they were doing they're using that for their Dirty Kansas bikes. Interesting. So, yeah, so uh, to be honest, that's another aspect of it that I liked about the Cannondales is that they're more versatile. That's true. So, but uh, all right. Well, maybe maybe you'll you should just post it and see if anybody. No, I decided to keep it. You're gonna keep it. Yeah, I'm gonna make some modifications to it to kind of better fit me all right right. and uh yeah i'm gonna try to make it a little bit because i haven't i don't think i've really spent the time to really fit myself to it like i have my road bike yeah so i'm gonna take some more time to try to fit myself properly it's probably a good idea so yeah that's the plan nice nice all right well cyclocross season it's around the corner we're psyched about it which is weird because I think we haven't been that excited about we've, it. I don't think we've Until ever been excited about liter- second cross. Yeah, literally maybe a week ago. And I think that's p- probably a function of us just not racing as much as we usually do. To be quite honest, though, I think, I think right now the morale is high because it's also nice out. As oh, soon true, as it yeah. starts getting super muddy and stuff, I think we're going to be like, what are we doing you know, the the mud isn't too bad because we race. We don't race super early in the mornings. When you're like a cat four, the dew is on the grass. So like yeah. no matter – even if it's like a bone dry day, you have like a muddy race in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I think like it's not too bad as long as it doesn't like pour rain pretty much. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's the plan. Nice. You heard it first here, gang. We're racing cyclocross. <laughs> All right, so, so moving on to our... We have a reason why Anna's here. Our next segment. Uh, grind. What's grinding your gears, Anna? I wouldn't call it grinder gears. That's probably grinding Ryan's gears. It's it grinding, grinding What's grinding gears. somebody's gears? I'll say what's grinding my gears. What's grinding your gears? Is, so um, we were out on a ride, me and Anna, or Anna and I. Uh, Thanks for correcting that. And, you know, I just kind of look, kept looking at her. She's just always in her small ring. And like we're going, move. We, and we've always kind of gone at like a thirteen mile per hour pace, and I've always kind of like wondered, like you know, your your FTP is pretty decent for you know it was like the one, watts per kilogram. Like it's one fifty when she she weighs like nothing. Yeah, so it's her. It's like three, you know, th- three watts per kilogram, something like that. And I'm like, why are we going so slow? If, like three watts per kilogram. About that. Wow, solid. Um, so I'm always kind of like. You know, your fitness is pretty good. Why are we always going so slow? And then I'm looking at her, her bike, and I'm like, you know, why are you in the small ring? And she's like, I don't know. This just always want I'm in. And I'm like, have you ever, like, it's tried? Easier than that did, you, did you ever just think to yourself, like, I wonder what the big one's for? No. No, no, no. no. Okay, so, so, so hear me out. No, I, I understand always... it. I understand it. This is honestly, like, this is something... That I think you and I just think, of course, like, <laughs> of course you would yeah. do that. But someone who doesn't know wouldn't think to use their big ring. That's true. When, also, also too, it's harder I think, to start out in. Yeah. I think so. it's like the mentality too, especially like if you don't ride a lot with other people is like, I'm not like fast enough to use the big ring. Like, yeah. I remember when I started riding. And it's more so... That it was just always harder to get started on, so I just like to yeah, spend my life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So she, so for what I understood, Anna is I you like to spend my didn't. Legs. Yeah, you didn't understand that like 
the momentum of the big ring helps propel you forward to where you're then kind of putting in the same effort once yeah, no, you get I up didn't. to speed. So the next ride we did, we averaged like 17 miles per hour. It's a little bit different. With lots of hills. With lots of hills. And Anna's attacking me up the hills now in her big ring. Yeah, I don't want to ride with Anna now because she's so definitely going to Makes a difference. She's definitely so, going to kill yeah, me. Yeah, Anna changed her average mile per hour by four mile per hour overnight by bad. discovering yep. her big ring. What do you want to wh- say about that, Anna? I mean, it's harder to start out still, but in the end, it's nicer. What, are, what yeah. else are you not using? Her brakes. Her brakes. <laughs> oh, that's why you put your foot in the tire. <laughs> yeah. Knew it. Works like a kickstand. <laughs> yep, exactly. What you know, one other thing too is that like what she does is she kind of pinches <laughs> her like the My uh, fingers are short. Like, oh, so, like the tops of the hoods. No, 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 no. Like right after the bend in the uh in her handlebars, yeah. she pinches like right after that bend and she uses like her fingertips. Interesting. And it makes me so nervous he when like watching like her gonna do hit that a bump or something. Yeah, like she's gonna hit a bump or something, and she's gonna like. Ah. Well, it hasn't oh. happened yet. So. And I'm, and or when I when I uh, get on my saddle, he always. Yeah, when she gets out of her saddle, she's still like pinching the bars. Oh gosh, Anna, I you're know. fine. <laughs> it works still. I mean now. Well, and. She, and my hands aren't as red after when I'm in the big Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Ryan, all Ryan, my weight on my hands. Ryan white knuckle in the handlebars oh, yeah. the entire ride. No, because like she'd that's always say like her hands are like hurt. You oh know? yeah. But when you when you sit in the a ring where your legs aren't like supporting you, you're you put all your weight on your it's hands. Like my arms would be tired after. Would be true. almost more tired yeah. than my legs that's after bike yeah. rides. Because she wasn't like using her legs to support herself. So once she found that big ring, all of a sudden your hands didn't hurt. Like, go farther. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a crazy summer for you, Anna. <laughs> so now next year we'll do the race the lake. Yeah, so nice. we're Anna's goal next year is to do race the lake and a few triathlons. Yep. When is it when is it too early to start thinking about your goals next year? It's never too early. Never if it's a big early. goal, I think it you know, like I'm doing triathlon, so I have to bring back swimming yeah. from you, a long time you ago. You like swimming though, right? Yeah, but I haven't actually like lap swam in oh, okay. long time. Mm-hmm. So I had to bring back swimming and running, which I haven't ran since my last half marathon two and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay. Or like say like if I'm all of a sudden, you know, realize cyclocross is just my thing. Ryan is I'm gonna, Mr. Oh, cyclocross. Yeah, I'm going to try doing a bunch of Don't races Don't get that in his head, year. please. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of him so much if that happens. I would try doing a bunch of races this year so uh-huh. that I know what to expect next year and I know how to prepare for it. What would be different? Let's say you really like cyclocross. What would you do differently if you're, let's say... Focus, I'm using quotations, focus of the season was cyclocross. I would probably do a lot more mountain biking. Yeah. I think mountain biking lends to cyclocross a lot more than crit racing. But I would I would mm-hmm. kind of... I've heard the opposite. Really? Because I just think it's there's that sh- huge te- technical aspect, and it's very similar where it's like uh, mountain biking is two hours of mm-hmm. just you know go as hard as you can, where cyclocross yeah. is like an hour of just go as hard as you can mm-hmm. so, so i think there's that that similar fitness and that similar um like technical aspect i i read an article a while ago and i i don't have it in front of me but i vaguely remember it was like a pro mountain biker and a and adam meyerson who's a really good cyclocross racer and was for a long time like a very good professional crit racer road racer and they asked them what's better for getting you ready for cyclocross season a season of road racing or a season of mountain biking and at Meyerson said crit racing 
or he's, he thought road racing got you more prepared because mountain bike technical skills don't transfer to a cyclocross bike because it's so different. Mm-hmm. The one thing it does help you with is that like low torque, like low cadence kind of riding. But he said you could build up a lot more fitness doing a lot more road riding and road racing because it doesn't beat you up as much as like mountain biking. Sure. You can get like more training in. I would definitely say if you're talking road racing, I think road racing with the fitness aspect from road racing would definitely uh, be better like go as like a more of a base or road riding too. Yeah. yeah. But um cuz you can yeah. I I kind of I think I think it's hard to believe that mountain biking wouldn't transit like the technical skills of mountain biking wouldn't transition. I I I tend to agree with that though because the cyclocross bike corner is completely different than a mountain bike. On a mountain bike, you have these wide tires that you're running super low PSI, and you can lean the bike over. And on a cyclocross bike, you really don't lean the bike over. Well, I think that's um, like and you're unclipping. Like well. I get it's different, yeah. But you still have that aspect of feeling the tire, the the grip of the tires, and knowing how how to distribute your weight. Like, I feel like you don't really get that when you're just road racing, just crit racing, but you get that when you... I don't think I don't think any part of crit racing transfers technically-wise to, yeah. to cycle I think the fitness, if you, like, came, like, if August you were doing a bunch of crit racing and then September started your cyclocross, I think that would be... I think that, like, the perfect season would be, like, road racing mixed with mountain biking into crit racing and then cyclocross agreed i would agree with that you know yeah like and then you, you'd be burned out and you wouldn't be doing <laughs> exactly cyclocross. and then you get to cyclocross you'd be like no thank you you'd, you'd hate yourself and not yeah. want to ride bikes if you're getting paid for it that would that would be the thing to do yeah i think i think it's pretty important to like take kind of take off like a part of the season to just do like a lot of base building and like long rides yeah. just like build your fitness back up and like shed some of that like high intensity like, at least at some point, if you're doing a ton of racing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. August is good for that. Like, I know we're going to do, like, a camping weekend where we just do, like, a ton of riding. I mean, some people, like, they like doing the, the racing more than the training, you That's know? true, yeah. Some people do just race. They just the race train. and then just ride around, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's ever too early, though, to start thinking about goals. Yeah. Oh, no, no. But if you want to do goals, goals like, sure. with triathlon, like, I don't want to go out there if I'm not going to finish it or if I'm not going to do well, so I want to train all winter. Yeah. So that you can build up, and then like if I do sprints, then I can do a half by the end of next summer, and then possibly train for a full yeah. the next year. That's Even true. at the world tour level, I think uh, it takes a year for someone who's like out instead of doing classics, I want to go for GC. I think it would take a year of doing a lot of mountain climbing in order to get used to, you know, being a GC rider. Sure. So even at the highest level, I think they have to think years ahead. Yeah, I know Philippe Gilbert. It took him a year to, to transform himself, even from a hilly classics rider to a classics rider that could win Roubaix. Mm-hmm. So he had to like ch- change his training and focus and do different things. Well, look at Tom I'm totally, huh? Well, and like I'm totally tra- like changing training. Like I'm not going to do six yeah. days of trainer road now. You mean you're not going to ride your bike <laughs> and not swim and run? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting move. But I think Tom pays out. I think Tom Dumoulin is the perfect example of someone who is a lead-out sprinter, and now yeah, he's right. one, you know probably he was the, top three best Grand Tour riders. Yeah, he was the the first man in the lead-out train, and yeah, now he he won the Giro and yeah could win the Tour next year. Yeah, and I mean I feel like for two years it was like, who's that guy? And exactly. all of a sudden it was like, where did he come from? Right, exactly. 
All right. Well, Ryan, I think that's all of our topics today. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's remind the listeners that they can follow us on pretty much all of the social channels. Ryan posts all of our updates to Facebook if you want to check out when we have an episode live. If you want to see some you know, episode talks, some live race stuff, you can follow our Instagram. And we have Twitter, but you know, I'm not as active on Twitter. Just a little bit on Twitter. I have a surprise, by the way. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. We are now on Spotify. We are now on Spotify. Look at yeah. that. I This is a surprise to me. Pretty psyched about that. That's yeah. awesome. It's actually kind of funny. Another thing is, um, I think we mentioned it at the last podcast, but we were, we were going to switch over to Anchor. Oh, yes. And I guess with Anchor, you get an automatic spot on are Spotify. Are we on Anchor now? Yeah. Oh, great. I got to download the app. Yeah, so uh, you can still get our podcast on every single thing we were already on. Nothing's changed. Uh, the it, the only thing that has changed is for us, our analytics. We just pretty much start over analytics-wise. Yeah, we don't need to bore them with that information. Yeah, and, but for and the little listener, minor changes. Nothing that affects our listeners. Yeah, but so, yeah. for the listener, everything is the same because everything is saved on the host site. So like iTunes, everything was saved on the iTunes server. We just had to redirect where our stuff was. All right. Well, there we go. Now you've got even more channels to listen to yeah. Bike Race Weekly. So Anchor, Stitcher, uh, you know, all your favorite iTunes. podcast playing apps. Yeah, iTunes. iTunes. So check us out. Spotify. However you guys, however you guys want to listen, go crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's everything. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.